I'm Lauren Simonetti. I'm Will Kane. I'm Ainsley Earhart. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, January 18th, 2024. I'm John Saucier. The school shooting in Uvalde, Texas in May of 2022 is an open wound for America and still seems fresh on the minds of many, especially parents of the kids who were killed that day at Robb Elementary School. The Texas legislature investigated the shooting and now so did the federal government. The Department of Justice releasing their report today and it suggests that things didn't have to be so bad. Lives could have been saved had that 77 minutes not elapsed and the first responders acted much quicker. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. It's a pretty big deal when the Attorney General shows up to your town to discuss a report about failures made which may have led to the deaths of young children. Today, Merrick Garland discussed this report with community members in Uvalde, Texas. The law enforcement response to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary was a failure. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez was also on hand and talked about some of the terrible events of that day. The Department of Public Safety had over 96 officers on this scene last year, last May, and not once did they ever take control of this site. And they knew better. They had the equipment and the means to breach those rooms. Obviously, we can't go back in time and save those 19 students and two adults killed on that terrible day, but can we now learn lessons to save future lives? A lot of what was mentioned in this DOJ critical incident review report, which is some 600 pages, by the way, mirrors what we heard from the Texas House panel that uh, investigated the shooting and the law enforcement response two months after the shooting itself in uh, July of 2022. We're speaking today with Fox News senior correspondent Casey Stiegel reporting from Uvalde, Texas. It essentially says the breakdown was the communication on the scene between the law enforcement officials. It took some 77 minutes before the time that shooter entered the building to the time that he was neutralized and finally taken out by the police. And as a result, there were some 376 members of law enforcement from multiple agencies who responded. And they say that they were confused because there was no clear incident commander, although the DOJ report lists the de facto on-scene incident commander as Pete Arredondo, the then police chief of the Uvalde School District Police Department. And essentially, the report says that Arredondo made a decision to treat this situation as a barricaded subject and not an active shooter. Now, police are trained in an active shooting situation to neutralize the threat, go toward the danger and try to take the suspect out as fast as possible so that no other victims are hurt. Uh, the, The first responding officers on the scene were here within three minutes of the call coming out. They did start to approach the the classrooms where the shooter was. Then the shooter fired at them and a few were hit by shrapnel. So they retreated and then future attempts, the report says, were not made in an effort to 
uh, rescue those children. This despite the fact that 911 calls started coming in from kids who were trapped in the classroom. The report says that Arredondo knew that there were victims inside that room with the shooter. It was a joint classroom, two fourth grade classrooms that shared a door. And the report says Arredondo did in fact know that children were trapped inside, yet he waited for keys to the classroom. They waited for more tactical gear to arrive. And the DOJ says that goes against everything that law enforcement is taught. And if they treated it as an active shooter, the outcome could have been very different. And Attorney General Merrick Garland going as far as to say lives could have been saved had that 77 minutes not elapsed and the first responders acted much quicker. Right, because in an active shooter situation, the police are trained to go right in. Is that correct? That's right, and move toward the threat to try and eliminate the threat as soon as possible. The report also says that officers who respond to active shooters need to do so with only the gear that they have on their person, which is typically their um, issued firearm. So not waiting around for tactical shields, not uh, waiting for additional backup, that they're trained to go right for the threat. And that's why uh, Merrick Garland says that the job of law enforcement is dangerous, and it's why it is so difficult, but that's not what was done here. It again just went against the grain of everything police were taught. And because there was also a lack of communication, there was no urgency that was relayed to the officers that responded. So more and more and more agencies came and we saw the body camera video and the, the media video that was shot of hundreds of, of police just standing around and they were confused. A couple of them were questioning why they weren't going in right away uh, with reports of kids trapped. So this report not only looks at the mistakes that were made, but it also sort of creates a blueprint moving forward. And that is very important here. It sort of creates uh, an outline and protocols that, that law enforcement agencies can enact to try and prevent future mass shootings. And it says that law enforcement agencies should adopt active shooter training and have national standards and that that is critical to stop the killing and stop the dying because unfortunately we know there will be other mass shooting and school shooting events. Casey, I'm curious to know, did this report highlight any sort of response by the police into why they stood by for so long? I mean, I know that you mentioned the police chief recognized it incorrectly, by the way, as a standoff situation, but as more agencies showed up and the fact that they knew that there were children at risk inside of those classrooms there, what is the justification from police? Is there any deeper explanation on why they did what they did in error, of course? Yes, it just says that it was failure in leadership, command, coordination, and communication. Nobody established an incident command structure, and that contributed to the confusion of who was in charge and how to assist. Another big item that was mentioned in this report is Chief Arredondo discarded his radio uh, while he was approaching the building, thinking that it was unnecessary. So for a period of time, he didn't even have a police radio to convey information to other agencies and officers that started showing up to the scene. So it was essentially uh, a lot of stars aligning in t a terrible condition. Um, and that 
ultimately resulted in people waiting around until the shooter was finally engaged. Someone took it upon themselves. It was a, a unit of police that included members of U.S. Border Patrol who finally made the decision to breach that classroom. They engaged the suspect. He returned fire and they ultimately killed him, bringing the attack to an end. 77 minutes is a long time, especially when a gun is pointing at you. The latest report on the 2022 Robb Elementary School shooting was released today, where the Department of Justice says a chaotic and misled police response is the reason why for over an hour a shooter terrorized and killed people inside that school in Uvalde, Texas. We've got Fox News correspondent Casey Stiegel in Uvalde today, where he's giving us details of the report and talking about what parents of victims are telling him. Casey was there in 2022 covering this tragedy. Ahead, we'll talk to him about what that was like and how this particular school shooting has lingered in the nightmares of all involved. Stay tuned for that and much more next. Yeah, thank God for those people who took that upon themselves to do it. But still, I mean, just absolutely tragic here, Casey, with 19 students and two adults killed. Some of them shot inside the classroom that they were trapped in. I mean, the horror of that for over an hour while the police are right outside, not coming in. It's just a desperate feeling there. And that feeling lingers for the family members of victims. I know we've spoken with many of them over the years, but how are they feeling today when, you know, you've got the attorney general showing up in Uvalde to deliver this? report in person that's pretty impactful stuff what are the victims family members saying and what are they hoping changes going forward well, I interviewed a great-grandmother of a little girl who was shot and killed. In fact, one of the children that was trying to call 911. And we talked to her, and she said that this has been uh, 20 months in the making, 20 months since this shooting began. And they count it by the month, really by the week, by the day, when, when you have such a great loss. They say that with this report being released today, that uh, this is the first step in trying to hold people accountable. A lot of them would like to see some of the people here that made mistakes criminally charged, criminally held accountable. And we should mention that this DOJ report, even though it is the United States Department of Justice, this does not determine criminal culpability at all with the shooting. The report is only designed to highlight the response and the mistakes that were made and to create that uh, blueprint moving forward. But a lot of the family members are still very angry. They say this is a step in the right direction, once again, putting a light on the errors that were made so that they aren't made in the future in future communities, hopefully saving additional lives. But they still believe that the attorney general for the county of Uvalde is not being fully transparent. No grand jury has been convened, despite the um, attorney general of the county saying that they may do that at the end of 2023. That came and went and did not happen. Uh, the attorney general's office here in Uvalde saying that they continue to parse all of the reports and the information before a grand jury is convened. But not only are family members just devastated, um, still very much a hole in their hearts because so many lives were lost here. They just went through the holidays. They said this Christmas was especially hard. They felt like they were in shock the Christmas before. But this Christmas, you know, a time for family was especially difficult. So they not only want to see criminal accountability, but they also spoke a lot about gun law. 
laws and gun reform in this country and the fact that an assault-style weapon was used in this attack. They say that that's something that really belongs on the battlefield and shouldn't be in the hands of a deranged gunman like was in the case here in Uvalde. So uh, multi-layered response and certainly peeling back the onion, a lot of layers to the emotions that the victims' families are feeling. Yeah, it's impossible to compare school shootings. I mean, any one is just terrible. But this one, I think Casey particularly broke all of our hearts when you consider not only the lack of police response or the bungled police response, if you want to call it, but the age of these children, many of them who were killed. And also the fact that this community in Texas was very unique, too. A lot of these children have parents who were immigrants, first-generation Americans, looking for a better life there. And they came to this country, and this is what happened here. Can you talk about, because you were there, obviously, you're based out of Dallas, Uvalde is in that area for you, at least in Texas. What was it like for you covering this uh, when it started and bringing us up to this point now? How's that been for you? Well, John, your heart just sinks as a reporter. Obviously, we come to the scene of a crime like this and we have to report all of the details. It is our job to go through photos and try and censor material before it makes its way to our viewers and our listeners. So we as journalists absorb all of that information, not to mention that you sit there and you watch people crying and you watch people coming up to makeshift memorials and crosses and collapsing on the ground and comforting one another. This is a pretty small community, only about 15,000 people or so. And, and it's one of those communities where a lot of people know one another. They know their neighbors. And chances are someone in town knew one of these children uh, through sports or after school curricular activities. And it's just heartbreaking as a journalist to come and parachute into one of these communities and cover it. And then we ultimately get to leave at the end of the day. We go back home to our other assignments but these people continue to mourn and they continue to grieve and they continue to demand answers. So it's difficult as a reporter to see and absorb everything. And unfortunately, it's just a sad part of the job we do. Yeah, absolutely. But, we, but it's so important to get their stories out there. Right, exactly. I was about to say, those, these stories need to be told and, so that the same mistakes aren't repeated. And that's exactly what we're doing, what the Department of Justice was doing there today. So we appreciate you being there. As difficult as it is for everyone involved, Fox News Senior Correspondent Casey Stiegel reporting from Uvalde, Texas. Casey, thanks for that reporting and for being with us today on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. You got it, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.